Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got a friend, a new friend, actually, um, David Salas. Um, and uh, David, you're uh, you're an interesting young man. Uh, <laughs> you're you're international. Um, you're actually uh, from France, correct? Um, and uh, you're just you're fun. You're you're uh, an, an interesting, um, well-informed, um, studied young man who's uh, interested in reading and apologetics. And um, you and I uh, got connected through a friend. And as we got talking about things, I realized um, you're a fascinating person that I kind of wanted to have on the podcast. And I. Uh, was talking to you about like what we would talk about, and one of the things that um, that you brought up was the idea. Uh, in my training for manhood podcast, I've talked about the the concept that um, every man needs a man to train yes. them. Yes. Um, and from your background, you were raised without a father figure. Correct. And so, what mm-hmm. what was that like um, coming up as a young man, trying to figure out where do I look to find my uh, my understanding of who I am? Um, how I'm supposed to be, what does a man look like? Give me some insight into how you wrestled with that. Well, um, hi, I'm David Salas. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Um, thank you. Um, I, I think that um, it's, it's an odd thing to think of, of becoming a man when you're a kid without a dad because oh. you actually don't really think of that so much. And in a way, the, the vacuum for a father becomes bigger at least it did for me when I became a father and I did not know what to do because I, I had no, had no reference points, nowhere to look. And, um, it's, it's been my experience that, um, uh, with, with being a dad and being a husband, you, you realize what you missed the most when you when you don't have a person to look back on and go yeah. well, how how did this who what do you do in this case so I think how that, am I supposed yeah. to be yeah that's an interesting concept because you mm-hmm. don't know what you don't have when you don't correct. have it correct correct <laughs> right yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know I really don't have a father I mean I mm-hmm. guess you pick up on right other people and other people's yes, experience yes. as you mm-hmm. go through but mm-hmm. but it's still you can't your normal is your normal your normal is your normal mm-hmm. right but then when you step into a new role and you realize oh I haven't had somebody. Mm-hmm to train me in that, yeah, right? So um, what is it? Obviously, as a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the things that we talked about was how um, God is a father to everybody, even the fatherless. Yes, in fact, he, yes. he refers to himself, right, as yes. I'm the father of the fatherless. Yes. Um, but you said that um, kind of studying um, Proverbs uh, yeah. opened up a whole new kind of world yeah. to you because it's written from a father to a son. Yes, and so so as a Christian, right, you go into, uh, you, you keep seeing these hints of, of the father-son relation, uh-huh. and there is such a comfort in that, you know, when it talks about how, um, yeah, as you said, a father to the fatherless is, is God in his, in his kingdom. And, and you take comfort as, as a person who didn't know his father that, into that concept. But it was just, just recently, like about half a, half a year ago, that, that, that idea. I was reading Proverbs, and I, would, I went to one of the, the Friday mornings uh, that, 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 that happened at Prestonwood, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Proverbs. And for some reason, 
my son just jumped out at me off the page huh. and it was like like god was just saying hey this is me to you yeah. you're my son yeah. and those, this is those a particular words those two words those my, my son. son and it was all of a sudden it was almost like what we're doing here you sit down and you have the the wise um person that you love who's across from you and who goes hey son have you considered this? Have you considered that? And all of a sudden, Proverbs was not just like, oh, what great wisdom. It was like a letter written to me about how to live my life. And it just blew me away. And I've been in Proverbs ever since. Yes. And I haven't. And every time I read it, every new thing, it's just God is so good. And I was talking with a friend about this idea mm-hmm. of the father-son relation. And he was t- I was telling him, well, I didn't have a dad. And he was saying, well, I did. And my dad wasn't the best. And we had this, it was an interesting thing to realize that you can have a father on earth who actually prevents you from seeing your father in heaven the way he is supposed to be seen because you think about your earthly father and how, you know, perhaps imperfect he was. And then you apply that same fatherly nature to God. Yep. Whereas in my case, I had no sort of standard for what the father should be. And so I guess in a way it's a, it's a, maybe a blessing in disguise that I had to make my own journey into understanding what a father should be based on who I knew God to be in my life. Yeah, and in my I, walk I had an interesting conversation with a young man who um, has since um, been separated from his wife um, and, uh, you know, he has a, a daughter mm. uh, and one of his friends was saying, hey, you need to get, you know, back together, um, you know, with the mother of your child because some other man is going to come in. Oh, there, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. right. And it was interesting because I was I was helping him kind of think through the concept of, you know, you know, what does a man do and how do we do that? And and one of the things that he had where just as a man, right, here's the things that I need to do for my daughter. And I said, well, let, let's just think about that for a second, mm-hmm. right? Because you're you're gonna you're gonna do things as a mm-hmm. as a husband and as a father, and not all of them are going to be perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. as a father, I can attest to that. My mm-hmm. kids are right now listening and they're laughing um, because training for manhood has become the bane of my existence <laughs> in my own home. Uh, as I do things that are not right, my kids go, "Hey, are you putting that on the you know, training for manhood <laughs> podcast?" I'm like, "Oh, no, I'm not putting every mistake I've made on my own podcast." Stop using my podcast against me. Um, but one of the things I said to him, I said, if you had to boil down what is the, the ultimate role of a father, what what is the one thing that you have to do as a father? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. And I said, I think this. I think you have to point your kids to their Heavenly Father. Yes. That, that, I, I think it's it seems weird <laughs> to think about, no, right? No. I mean, pr- protect my kids, provide for my kids, put food on the table for my nope. kids. I don't, I, whatever, nope. all that stuff is mm-hmm. like, well, of course those things are important, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, yes, feed your children. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, clothe your children, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Just be I mean, loving to your spouse. Exactly, right? yes. Do all those things. Mm-hmm. But, but to point them to their Heavenly Father who actually has created them for some great role to yes. connect with him. I was like, yes. that ultimately is the great role. And I think and what I was trying to help him with is even if another man steps into it and marries your right, you know, your ex-wife, even a, 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 if another man does that, right, you still have that responsibility to yes. point your kids to yes. Christ. That's never going it's away. It's never going away. No. Right? So if you're if you're a, a, a dad and you're separated from your kids, mm-hmm. right? And and you're thinking, how how can I make an impact in their mm-hmm. lives? I'm like, your your goal is always the same, whether you're in the home with them, mm-hmm. right, and and you see them every day, or whether mm-hmm. you see them once a year, or you know every other Friday, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. The goal is always to point your kids to Christ, yes. and that's where the conversation that you and I had. 
that kind of came up with that I want to talk about is this idea of if you don't have a father figure and and God begins to, you know, you begin to realize that God plays that role as a father, right? The idea that it takes a man to train a man. The cool thing is, is that God is the great the greatest yes. trainer of men. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the quotes I use, and I've, I've used it often uh, in this podcast, comes from a guy named Thomas Watson, a great Puritan writer. And he said, uh, great men are the mirror by which ordinary men dress themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you and I would say that, you know, we can look back in, in history and we can look at great men of history and we, yes. and we will, mm-hmm. um, and we can, you know, pick things from their life and we can use that as an example. And there are uh, great men that I feel like have kind of trained me in my process. Mm-hmm. But one of the great men that we forget about talking about is actually what you and I would consider the greatest man. Yeah. And that is Jesus yes. himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, you know, when, when we sit down, we talk about uh, if, if, you know, we were in a room and we said, okay, uh, list the, you know, 10 greatest men in history. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, and, it wouldn't. It, and he, right. Isn't for, that funny? For most of the time, yeah. right, Jesus probably wouldn't make the list <laughs> until you step back thing, and you, you go. Sort of exclus- you put, yeah. exclude him into the sort of meta space. Totally. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. But 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 yet he was a man. Yes. And if we had to compare him to all the other men throughout history, mm-hmm. right, he far exceeds all the other men. And the so, only man who did it right. The only man who, yeah. Who, who really, really manned really like right. a man should man. Exactly. So one of the things <laughs> that, that I wanted to kind of talk with you about, right, for our listeners, is why do we consider Jesus the greatest man? What, what comes to mind when I say that to you? I think the first thing that comes to mind is the, the grace and truth balance. Right? Okay. It's, it's, and I, we've kind of touched on this a few times in our conversations, but it's, it's that, meekness mm. concept right it's strength under control right he he goes into these situations where people are being absolutely bananas just beside themselves not not rational or out of control or just wanting to you know kill someone in front of him or whatever and he is you never get this sense that he is anything but in control yes but he's not you know thunderbolting down from heaven and killing everyone because he has the power and ability to do it which we would do which we would probably yeah or at least you, you know can you imagine or at least we do the whole what's uh what's his name um darth vader thing and yes. have everyone go up ah. in the air in a small choke while they do. settle down and then yes. you know have yes. the conversation yes. pa- but, yeah. power abuse i think that's that's interesting because in today's day and time mm-hmm. there's a huge backlash against in a sense, kind of this masculinity. Oh right? my goodness! Uh, there's mm-hmm. been a, a move to what we would call kind of feminized men and mm-hmm. make them more mm-hmm. genteel. Um, you know, but the, the idea of a gentleman mm-hmm. uh, isn't somebody who you know just sits back in the background and doesn't speak up. Mm-mm. But the the concept that men have so often throughout history abused the power that they've been given. Um, and and, and in, a, in a lot of regards, you see throughout history they've abused the power that they've been given, especially when they've done that with women. Yes. Right. So, from a physical standpoint, or from a sexual standpoint, yes. that relationship with women, um, a lot of men throughout history, mm-hmm. right, have taken the power that they have, right, that physical power, mm-hmm. or even that spiritual position. Yes. And misused it and misapplied it to keep women down. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that when you talk about Jesus and his meekness, you mm-hmm. watch that played out with how he treated women. Yes. And how he elevated the status of women yeah. in a culture. Um, that considered women, right, basically like property, yes. less than. Yes, and, and, so, and, abil- and, and able to do things like follow. You you see these even from way later on than the time of Christ where they refused to let women um, 
for example, in the Jewish tradition, my understanding is that they would not let women read sacred texts. Yeah. It was only, you could, you know, even if you had the ability to become, you know, able to read, you weren't allowed access to the holy. You were only allowed access to the sort of benign, like the storybooks and that right. kind of thing. I think you can use movie. the you can use the coloring books. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you can you. color this you in, color but, you this in but you can't proverbs. read proverbs. Right. You and I were talking about how we love um, the Chosen, right? Yes, Which is an yes. app you can go to mm -hmm. your app store, get the Chosen, mm -hmm. watch that, mm -hmm. and it's um, it's a you know a, a, a story, a depiction of the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they do a great job in, right, is they have women. Um, yes. You know Mary Magdalene, obviously, and and some other women. Um, you know Jesus's mother Mary. Um, but women who are part of his ministry, and, and over and over and over and over again um, in the story, when people are describing Jesus, yes. uh, and they're describing who he is to other people, <laughs> right? They they constantly say, right, and he has women, right? So Matthew always makes the, you know, he's got a tax collector, right, yeah, as yeah. part of uh -huh. his disciples, uh -huh. right? But they always say, yes. and he has women. And the women. And the women, yes, right? As a, as a complete, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is from Nazareth. We can't take anything because he's from yeah. a terrible place. Uh -huh. He's got a tax collector following uh -huh. him. But if all that isn't enough, <laughs> he's got women. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, that's it. That's yeah. all I needed to hear. Um, but I love, one of, the, one of my favorite stories is, um, is actually in John uh, chapter 8 where uh, we refer to it as the woman caught in, caught in adultery, right? Yes. We always laugh mm -hmm. at that because mm -hmm. it's like, if there was a woman caught, uh, caught in adultery, where was the man? But th he, that's beside. He does the adultery and then <laughs> says, I caught you. <laughs> yeah, <God>. Yes. <laughs> but when they, when they take um, the woman to Jesus to try, mm -hmm. to, to, try to trap Jesus, I'm, mm -hmm. I was always struck by this. And I think one of the things that, that um, I've always appreciated, um, somebody taught me in scripture, right, to look for... Um, physical markers of things mm. that tell you what's going on, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that always comes to mind is when um, Samson, right? It's, yes. It's in um, um, uh, chapter 13, right? And it talks about how Samson goes down to Timnah, right? And the word goes down, right, is a reference to, from a physical standpoint, is he, Elevation. Gets, right, he mm -hmm. gets further away from God. So anytime you go down, Ooh, yeah. mm -hmm. right, it's a bad thing. Anytime mm -hmm. you go up, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a good thing, right? That's so we always go up to Jerusalem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So so here's the thing, right? Because the word down is in here. So it's supposed to be, in a sense, a bad thing. But it says this. It says, um, this they said to him, this is verse 6, this they mm -hmm. said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against Jesus. And then it says, Jesus bent down. Mm-hmm. Jesus bent down and wrote on his finger. And the cool thing is, is where was well, the woman, yeah, yeah. right? The woman was on the ground. Mm. And so when oh, Jesus bent down, he mm. went to her level, okay? Demonstrating that I'm not standing above you, okay? And the cool thing is you keep on reading. It says, Jesus bent down, wrote with his finger on the ground. As they continued to ask him, he stood up, <laughs> right? So now he's back to their level. He stood up and said to them, let he who is without sin among you be the first to cast the stone, right? And we know that mm -hmm. what happened, mm -hmm. right? It says, but uh, when they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning uh, with the older ones, and Jesus le was left with the wo woman alone. And what does it say? Standing. The woman was standing before him. Huh. Right? So here's, here's the cool thing, right, is the woman came in and they cast her on the ground. Jesus went to her level, bent down, demonstrating, right, that she has significance, that she has value, mm. stood up to the people who were trying to oppress her, mm -hmm. right, to demonstrate that, hey, I'm on your level, mm -hmm. right? You're not above me mm -hmm. and you're not above her. But then when he turns and the woman is standing, in a sense, I think she realizes her value before her creator. 
That's and, I, and I love that concept. So that that meekness thing, as you see it played out, yeah. what does that look like? And I think yeah. for men, right, that power that we've been given, right, because of our physical stature mm-hmm. or because of the position that our culture puts us in, right, that men are to be leaders, right? I see or that concept. Used to put us in, possibly. Yeah, yeah. You, right. Yeah, yeah. I see that concept as, right, that we need to use that. Jesus is the great example, mm. right, to help other people. Yes. Who don't have that particular position yes. and don't have that particular power and so right as a training for manhood right find men in your life that are looking to use the the things that they've been given not just for their own benefit but for the benefit of others yes and jesus does that super so super well. super well. So well what else would you say about jesus as kind of the ultimate man well he did teach a lot about marriage he did he, teach a lot about marriage and and his his teachings were much more stringent even than the teachings of the day very true and i don't know if you've covered this in the podcast but the whole bit in um in the sermon on the mount where he where he just dis he just completely does away with the concept of divorce for any reason except for adultery right, right. and even then you know c.s lewis says that the way jesus describes it is like it's like a an operation where you're literally cutting two things apart that were one like and so it's it's something that makes you takes you away from being whole but jesus his view was so it was so there was such a finality to it Mm. it is a joining together by god and it can't be taken apart right and obviously i'm sure you've i don't know have you discussed the whole what the rabbis would do and the whole writ of divorcement and how no no yeah dive into it the thing that they would do was when they wanted to engage in um, intimate relations with another woman, but they did not want to commit adultery, they would write a script of divorcement to their wives and say, I'm divorcing you. So now I'm free. So now I'm not going to commit adultery. <laughs> right. And they would go and commit adultery and come back and then rip up that script of divorcement and no longer be divorced. And hey, that we obeyed the letter of the law. That, yeah. It's, it's so... Yeah, it's so and, and, the letter and, of the law, but right. not the spirit thereof. Right? So, so therein, again, I go mm-hmm. back to the chosen had a great one where uh, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, yes, right, the Samaritan so woman powerful. at the well, and one of the things that we have about that is when Jesus is talking to her about you know the man that you're with, right? Mm-hmm. You've been married five times, mm-hmm. but in that particular culture, right, a woman, right, she's been married five times, and so we're supposed to look down on her. Yeah, but one of the things is we don't look down on the men, never, right, no, that no. used and abused mm-hmm. her and did mm-hmm. not fulfill. Right, that particular relationship to be the man that she needed, and so she yes. kept on, you know, having to move on in a sense to other men, because she was right without a man, you're you're alone in that particular culture. Yes, and so I think you know the chosen in God's word, but the chosen does a great job of bringing that to light and kind of showing um, the oppression that she's under. Yes, uh, and and you know in that one, the, the last guy she's with won't give her the certificate of divorce, yes. so she can't move on. So yeah. in a sense, she's you know she's stuck. Right? She can't move on with her life to find somebody else to provide for her and take care of her. She's stuck with this particular guy. Yeah. And it's amazing because Jesus but blows past all that yes. and, and gets to her heart because yeah. that's what he wants. Yeah. Right? And so it's, I'm not getting lost in kind of the minutia of you know, the details of you know, how I'm being obedient, but really I'm just twisting and, and warping the yes. law to kind of fit my yes. own desires. And it's like, that, you know what, here's the deal. <laughs> You violated the law. I've come so that you can understand the fulfillment, mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the great things about Jesus is he gets gets down to the core of the issue yeah. where so many people, right, you can tell that they're just twisting and warping things to their own, you know, particular desire. And yeah. Jesus, Jesus yeah. never did that. He walked, he walked truth, yes. you know, and that, 
especially today when every term and everything is just all nebulous and fluid and what have you. And there's a comfort in Jesus yeah. because his walk was just the straight line. Right? I, I love that you said he walked truth. He walked truth. One, one of my favorite verses, Third John, right when he says, um, "My ch- my children, I find joy because my children are walking in the truth." And mm. I think from a parent, that's like a great parenting, yes. right? Because if I had mm. to say to you, David, mm-hmm. <laughs> when your kids are thirty, yeah, right, and I told you um, that I can guarantee one thing, mm. right, they'll be successful financially. You'd be like, oh, oh you know, that's okay. nice, right? Okay. okay, they'll be healthy. You're like, well, that, okay, that's, that's good, better. Right? But like, if I could only guarantee one thing, and you could guarantee that my children would be walking in the truth. Oh man, that's right. I'd take that oh, in a heartbeat. You... I I just had uh, my first, my my oldest is eleven. Okay, I have two daughters. Right, I just had a, a one-on-one lunch with her, no dinner with her for the first time because I just felt like it was time for time to for us to start this for her to understand. Yeah, the one-on-one, the the drive to the restaurant and then the sitting across and then the manners and all this. The dating your daughter. The, basically, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Show and, her what it looks like. And putting the standard there for yep. her, right? Yep. But the but the reason for our, our inter, interaction was because I wanted to find out, where are you at with God? Yeah. How are you doing? Great conversation. What, what, now that you've been, because we were, we homeschooled for one year during the pandemic mm-hmm. and now she's in middle school and I was, I wanted to get her first thoughts. What are your conclusions about the world? What are your conclusions about how things go. And this is what I told her. I told her, look, what, whatever you you decide to do in your life and all of this, this is not so, there will be consequence to that. But you don't know if in 10 years, the things that you're used to in this bubble of mm-hmm. North Texas mm-hmm. are going to be anything the same. Sure. You don't know if the degree you're going to get, the things you're going to state. My, my daughter is brilliant. She's above everything. She's an A all the way. And she has a tender heart. She cares for, um, yeah. She's a she's a jewel of a, of a child. Yeah. But those things are not the the the, the core of things. No. They're, well, how, they're important. How many how many of us, if we sat down mm-hmm. and just did a survey, mm-hmm. how many of us are using the degree we got from college, in in the way that we went to college to get it? Right. I I got a business degree. I don't use it at all. I got a law degree. Right. I work at a private Christian school. So, <laughs> Right, it's like I have two degrees that I don't even use. Uh, I I use the education that I got from both. Right, but so many Mm -hmm. people I know when when they're thinking about life and plans and college Mm -hmm. and if I can Mm -hmm. tell kids, Mm -hmm. right, you may get a degree and never use it for what you went to the school for. Yeah, right. So those things in life, right? If we could sit back and just say, hey, listen, my children will be walking in the truth one day. Right, that's all we care about. And Jesus, I love how you said it. Jesus walked. In the truth. No, when he Jesus was walking, walked truth, period. Yes. He was I, well, the ruler. And I, and I love the idea that it talks about how there's no shadow, right, in God, mm, right? So, yeah. so the idea is, right, mm. all light, right? So when he turns to the left or when he turns to the right, it's not like he's hiding something, right? It's just, it's all it's all truth. Um, one of the other things I love, uh, and we, we put a couple of these things down as we were talking about, mm-hmm. is one, Jesus never sinned. So he is the yes. only man to withstand temptation to having its fullest. been tempted having been tempted and mm-hmm. and and Jesus uh, was actually he got the joy of being tempted by Satan face hey. to face right yeah. <laughs> it's like you know he was he was qualified to say mm-hmm. hey Satan's there and mm-hmm. we read about that and we realize that if i want to withstand temptation i can go back to and i can look at a man that did it yes and i can say hey you know that's that's the way that Jesus yes. used the word of god right used his father's mission 
to be greater than anything that this world or the enemy would bring alongside, yeah. right? And so I think that's a great reminder to us that if God has a plan for your life and a calling for your life, and that's greater than anything that Satan's going to use to distract you, a good reminder that you and I, right, can choose to follow Christ instead of falling into the, tent- the temptations yes. for something lesser yes. than. Yes, what, what else would you say about Jesus just as a great man? Well... Um, his servant heart, of course. Yeah. That's that's uh, came not to serve, but, but to, to not, not to, to be, be served, served, but to serve. But to right? serve, and that's and and so interesting for me uh, because he calls us to be like him, yes. right? Yes. You see all through all of the epistles, the word servant, servant, servant. It's actually not the word servant for us; it's slave. Yeah. The word, the Greek word, is slave, yeah. and we are called to be slaves to. Not even just to Jesus, right? But slaves to each other. Like serve, whenever it says serve one another in love, it's be enslaved to one another. It's it's a concept that's, it's not, it's it's not the concept of slavery like we think of it today. Totally, yeah. But it's in, it's this idea. It's a little bit like when you first get married, right? You think I'll give 50, she'll give 50, it'll be great. No, you right. give 100. That's right. You give a hundred. I'm glad you brought that up. She gives a hundred, right? Or you, you you come in with this understanding that you're not just gonna do half. You're gonna do everything. Yeah. And then you're so grateful that someone else is doing everything with you. Yes. Right. Well, I've I've had so many men struggling mm-hmm. in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Sit down, talk to them, and mm-hmm. one of the things they always say is, "She doesn't make me happy." Yeah. Right? What? So here, and I, listen, yeah. I I listen. Right. Mm-hmm. I give them 10, 15 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Get it get it all out there. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done, I say, "And what does that have to do with anything?" Yes. Right. It's, yeah. It it has nothing to do with anything. I I, I, I want you to be happy. I'm not going to tell yeah, you that I sure. want you to be miserable, but I'm going to tell you that you made a covenant with her. Amen. To be her husband. Amen. Right. Regardless of. Yes. Do, do you remember those oaths that you took? Right. For better, mm-hmm. or for worse. Mm-hmm. Right. For the for the better, we don't need to say it. That mm-hmm. that makes sense. But for the worse. Mm-hmm. Right. For the richer, for the poor, for the poor. Yeah. Right. In yeah. sickness and in health. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the sickness part. So the concept is that I tell guys all the time is. Um, I don't care that she doesn't make you happy. You're still committed to be her husband yeah. and to be the man that she needs yeah. to stand before God and say, I'm going to love her mm-hmm. right, even if she doesn't deserve it. And how do I know that? Well, well because I'm, I'm because not going to look at the whole doesn't deserve it part, right? right but mar- even, right? but marriage is a picture, right, of what God does for his Amen. his bride, Amen. the church. Amen. Oh, my goodness. And he mm-hmm. loves us when we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So we have to do that. Now, mm-hmm. you're right. That I don't have to look at the she doesn't deserve it. If I'm it. sitting there going, well, you really don't deserve my love today. But here it is. <laughs> Here's the gift of my love. Thank <laughs> the you. gift. I'm no, walking the but, truth. Right. But it, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm mm-hmm. called. Right? Exactly. And that's the commitment that I made. So I'm Amen. glad you brought that up because Amen. Jesus Jesus does that for yeah. us. He goes to the cross mm-hmm. right? while we were yet sinners. Christ yes. died for us. Yes. Right. And that's our great example. So we can look at him as a great man and as mm-hmm. a great example for us to say, right, Jesus showed us the way to do that. And yeah. with a relationship with him, right, actually gives us the power to do that Amen. as we walk in him Amen. and we walk in that Amen. truth. So, And wait, just to build off of that, right? Yes. The 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 point is um, the serving, but the serving with joy, right? Mm. And you, I think we've discussed this a little bit as well. But that idea, and again, I'm applying it to the marriage concept and to the children concept. As a father, yes. you will yes. always be called on, always, and you have that choice. You know, oh yes, I'm supposed to serve you, but I can serve you, or I can serve you. That's right. Attitude right. is huge in that. Massive. And yep. and Jesus went to the cross all, you know, like, who for the joy that, you know, like. Set there's before him. Well, 
Jesus it's endured, endured the, cross. the cross despite yes. the shame. Right. Yes. That idea of of it doesn't matter. I can find happiness in this. Okay. So again, back to the chosen. <laughs> you need to watch The Chosen if you haven't watched it. I've watched it. Okay. It's fantastic. No, you, not you, but everybody else yeah. listening. But yeah. one of the things I find fascinating is how they gave Jesus such a great sense of humor. Yes. And I think we miss that. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm, I'm telling you, when I read scripture, I see the humor of so God. Much. And I see the humor of Jesus so often. And so you're right. The attitude that Jesus had in serving mm-hmm. was that he found joy in doing the will of his mm-hmm. Father. Now, here's the deal. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine being Jesus? surrounded by his disciples and his followers and what a bunch of idiots that, and i think the chosen does a great job of, of portraying slapstick. right it's of portraying slapstick. the stupidity of all of those people and here's that's you and me yes right that's you and me when yes. god looks down and he's like hey there's dan and david t- talking about manhood and he's like they're not even close <laughs> like oh my goodness you know god's up there laughing yes. but but the concept or is, crying they're crying depending. right yeah uh, but the concept that i have is that when you said that Jesus serves with joy, right, that you and I, yes, we may we may serve somebody and we may look at that and go, man, this is so frustrating that I have to do these things. Yes. Or we can have the attitude of saying, you know what, this is such an incredible opportunity that I get to serve this particular person. I get to serve my wife. I get to serve my kids. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have plenty of opportunity. Right, plenty of opportunity. Uh, you have kids uh, to, you know, clean up the, you know, the throw up. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite things is, you know, the, the one, the one kid of mine who threw up started upstairs, mm-hmm. right? Where and it's carpeting all the way oh. downstairs, right? <laughs> so they started to throw up, but they wanted to throw up for some reason. Instead of the bathroom upstairs, they wanted to throw up in our bathroom downstairs. Comfort, yes, and parents. So they yeah. literally threw up. All, all the way, way down. down <laughs> like, I'm like, that's what? phenomenal. Like, seriously, like. You, <laughs> Couldn't go to the bathroom upstairs, throw up. You had to throw up all the way down the stairs. And I just remember at, at you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? I'm out there, you know, with the, with the wet vac and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm cleaning up. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, what a, what a joy to serve to clean up the throw up of one of my kids uh-huh. all the way down. But mm-hmm. that, but it was. Yeah. Right? It was, it was a joy because mm-hmm. here's the deal, right? My, my kid wasn't feeling well. Yeah. And if I can do something to mm-hmm. make them feel better as mm-hmm. if, you know, them throwing up. Mm-hmm. You know, is putting me out of missing sleep, mm-hmm. and the reality is, like, listen, that's my kid. Yeah, I would do anything for my yeah. kid, and so yeah. I don't want them to feel bad yeah. about, you know, them throwing up. Right? They're sick. They can't help it. They're, you know, they can't control that. And so I just I thought about that concept. Right? And I'm I'm laughing to myself as I'm cleaning up the throw yeah. up. Right? Just the the funny image that this is going to be later it's, on in it's life. It's a humor thing, and it right? is. It, but that's, serving can be a joy. Yes. It doesn't just have to be a detriment. You, you don't have, have you to make have it to something. You have to find bad. the joy in yep. the thing. Yep. Right? And this I think this this is and um I'm I'm from France originally as as you know. Yes. But there is this um the French way. In, in many ways, is this sort of caustic sort of nihilism. Yes. Uh, is that how it's said in English? Or nihilism? Nihilism, yes. And where it's just like, the world is just a mess. And, you know, and there's this sort of like attitude that, hey, it's going to be horrible anyway. Right, so might right, as well, right? right? And um, <laughs> you get that in... So in, true. It's, it's so very... So it's the French way. And yes. you, read, you read any French, you know, Camus or Sartre or whoever. Oh, it's and negative. It's, it's just all, all negative. negative. Yep. All negative. And you will enjoy the negative, right? That's the, the sort of way they do it. But, but there is this sort of like... It's almost not a dark humor... But sort of like you, you're 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 on the stairs at yeah. two in the morning, yeah. probably like in your whatever you were when you're sleeping, like your, right. your pajamas if you wear them, and you're 
there and your your knees in vomit. There's nothing like joyful, like oh yay, look at these beautiful. But there is a there's a humor in it. Yes. So I'm like, and I sometimes it's, there's a laughter. You can enjoy mm. the funk because it's just a part of who you're supposed to be, yeah. and you're gonna do it. And how about how about the joy of this one moment? Yes. Is, isn't my life. No. Yes. You know Good what I mean? Point. Like mm-hmm. the, I, I can remember back to this one moment, this one time, mm-hmm. right? I've lived mm-hmm. 52 years, mm-hmm. and that's one moment of cleaning up puke on the stairs. And you know what you're not going to talk about in a podcast? You know, waking up in the morning yeah. and smiling, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. going to work yeah. and smiling. Yeah, well, that's not the conversation. No, no that no. yes, those those one those memorable those moments. moments. I yeah. love that that Jesus serves and that Jesus yeah. serves with joy. So now, yeah. hey, listen, there's a lot of other things we can talk about with Jesus. Here's yeah. my here's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. For the guys who are listening, mm. if you don't know Jesus, oh yeah, open up the Word. Yeah, spend some time with Him. Get to know Him. Read the Gospels. Right. Read yeah. the Matthew, the Mark, the Luke, the John, the accounts of His life and who He was and how He walked and all the different things that they wrote about Him. I, I love that Scripture tells you that if they wrote everything about Him <laughs> and all everything that He did, all the books in the world couldn't hold it. So. Spend time in the, in the Gospels. Yeah. And then, I will say this, go ahead and get the chosen app. <laughs> Download it on your phone. It's watch not the it. Bible, but it's, it's not just the Bible, so good. But mm-hmm. it, 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 they do a great job. Dallas, you know, Willard, or Dallas Jenkins um, does such a great job mm-hmm. of just bringing to life some of the things on the pages of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not Scripture, um, but seeing it and just kind of being able to experience it in the way that kind of our generation does, yeah. right? On cinema, on TV, mm-hmm. right? In front of you. Uh, he does phone, a great job with yeah. it. And, and just appreciate step back as a man and appreciate the manhood of Jesus Christ yes. himself. Can I can I piggyback off of One that? One last thing. To finish what I was saying to my daughter mm-hmm. in this restaurant, it was that in 10 years you don't know what of the things you have around you are going to be the same. But if you know Jesus, you will be fine. Amen. Nothing else matters. Amen. Good stuff. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.